That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Trigger warning. The following episode contains descriptions of graphic violence and adult language. Discretion is advised. I'm Danielle. I'm Max. And each Wednesday, we crack open a bottle of wine and dive into some thrills, chills, and spills. This is Innocent Till Tipsy. My research was in-depth for this one. Um, Max's research just happened. <laughs> so we're doing Very really good so far. Research. Very important research. I mean, it is about the wine, and that's in the name, right? So, like, yes. there we go. So I, intro the wine. Yeah, well, I'm excited. If you're watching, you can probably definitely tell who we're going to be talking about today. But if you're not, we'll start giving you hints. So First clue. Yeah, first clue. <laughs> the wine is called Chop Shop, and it has a butcher's knife on the, the front of it. Um, we're going to be talking about a very infamous case today. Um, I feel like you, if you are in the North American world, you have heard of Lizzie Borden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the nursery rhyme and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we think that's good? It's so creepy. <laughs> but I will say it wasn't 40 and 41 wax. It was more like 19 and 11. So it wasn't... Okay, a little exaggerated. It's still bad. It's not... (laughs) It was only 19. Yeah. God, calm down. But yeah. And you know, um, I just got back recently from a trip to Salem, Massachusetts. Um, So obviously, Lizzie was not from Salem area. Um, That was like our girls trip. We went first to Boston. Then we did a day in Salem. Then we went out to Fall River to stay at Lizzie Borden's house. It's now a bed and breakfast. And I feel like as I was writing these notes, I was like, oh my God, this whole thing, we should have gotten sponsored by them. Because the whole thing is a fucking ad. <laughs> You're like, come and stay. Yeah, come stay at the Lizzie Borden this, like, bed montage. and breakfast. <laughs> it's like, so pan. nice though. Yeah. It was such a good stay. And it's like such a quaint little old English home. Aww. We had like the best sleep, honestly. Until you realize someone has murdered it. Yeah, that was kind of the, and of course that's like their gimmick, right? Yeah. Um, that they, yeah. And what was interesting too, I don't know. Some of you may know, I worked for um, Walt Disney World back in the day, and now the manager of that bed and breakfast, he is a Walt Disney World alumni. Oh, really? So, yeah, he went and did the, like, the internship program. I did an internship program with them. So we all had like a great talk because all of us girls that went on the trip, it was super awkward. People were like, how do you guys know each other? And we were like, oh, or they'd ask, like, where are you from? And we'd all be like, everywhere. But we met at Disney working. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was just like one of those things, you know? Um, but Walt yeah. Disney World experience, Borden House experience. Exactly. It all it. meshes. He like knows how to do this thing. Now. I, know. <laughs> I love that he went from like, what is it? The happiest or the most magical yeah. place on earth to <laughs> the murder house. Yeah. <laughs> One of the most infamous murder houses in the world. Um, uh, yeah, I've been obsessed with this case forever. Um, you you know like about yeah, it, right? Yes. I okay. So I have a weird story, and this is going to come up a lot in the following episodes. I was born in Jacksonville, Florida, then moved to Canada when I was about almost 10, 10 years old, um, and then came back, and now I live in Florida again. Um, so. I miss like a chunk of time. I, I lived in Canada majority of my life. I just came back about four years ago. Did they teach 
this at all at school? No, you don't teach it. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> Why, I don't know like those history month or something? Yeah. Um, Spooky no. history. <laughs> How I did have you like hear relatives about it? from East Coast, and oh. I was like obsessed with all things. Well, crime, like mm. Dateline from a young age. My mm. mom be like, turn it off. It's dinner time. But I had a VHS tape of all things ghost story East Coast. I had like oh, Haunted fun. Lighthouse VHS. Then I had like, um, like. I'm sure, I don't know what they would have called it, but it wasn't like murder mysteries. I don't think my parents would have bought me that tape. But yeah, the, it covered like spooky places in the East Coast. The East Coast is scary. It's like the oldest part of our country. So, Well, this is like such a blonde moment for me. Obviously, I didn't study U.S. history at all in school, <laughs> right? I was in Canada, you know. Um, and we're in Boston and I see the streets like Congress Avenue or something. And I was like, there's a lot of history here in there. Only like tea party, I guess, happened here. Just a little Boston tea party. Yeah. And we did like a really cool ghost tour while we were there too. This is just a sponsorship for you to go and visit. Go yeah. Go to That's the great. East Coast. Um, go to New England. Wonderful time. Yeah. 10 out of 10 experience um but yeah we're gonna be drinking chop shop for this and you let me whip out my notes here yeah, yeah. all right we got some chop shop okay 10.99 okay um yeah so not overly fancy it's not a twist top we've done no. that before yeah but, so this has a cork um chop shop has i don't know taste it tell me i want to see if you can guess this mm, we'll see if we mm. can get this did you taste black pepper maybe a little blackberry cherry or I tasted tomato leaf berry. tomato tomato <laughs> this is good for your spaghetti. Tomato. Your college um, spaghetti no, with your ten dollar. Oh, yeah, okay, eleven dollar wine. Okay, save your extra dollar for the spaghetti. Um, it goes well with burgers, beef ribs, and barbecue or veggie burgers. It says too. I guess yeah. it's called Chop Shop, so I'm sure they want it paired with meat. Yeah, it's that a makes sense. and fruit forward. It does taste fruity. It's super fruity. Mm -hmm. It's really it's light. Not, it's not bold. No, it's not my favorite, but I would drink another bottle of it. It's not like, I will say we did, I think, Phantom for the Maddie Clifton one. And I don't think I would drink another bottle of that, but this I would. This is like super easy down with dinner. Yeah. Like, I mean. And you can't see it now because we actually opened it before we started filming um, because we... It's been an event having us open wine. We are not professionals at all. If anyone would like to come on the show and help us. <laughs> they make it look so easy in a restaurant. They're like, yeah, they're like done. Whatever. I could have never. Towel and everything. <laughs> but there, there was, before we destroyed it, there was like a, a little butcher knife on the mm -hmm. top of the wine cork, which was super cute. Yes. And, fitting. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's basically what you taste is what you get. I, I would say it's a little bit dry. It's, okay. It says dry on here. Um, yeah, to me, it tastes more fruity, but it's that's because I like yeah. to like Super burn dry. my throat out. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to like, that's just me though. It's the same with like, I like like a can of soda cause it just like feels like it's just, <laughs> you know, gets you. Um, yeah. So back to Lizzie, <laughs> Gerald Lizzie yes. Borden. So obviously this is like over a hundred year old case, right? Lots of rumor, um, lots of intrigue. This happened in a smallish community. So obviously rumors abound, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's always there's already been tons of fiction made on this um, case. Tons. You know, it's, I mean, it's infamous, you know? Right. It's, like Salem Witch Trials, Lizzie Borden, like all of this like old East Coast. Yes. Spooky. So um, keeping that in mind, um, if you've watched a movie on Lizzie, if you've done any research on Lizzie Borden, like whatsoever, you just know that the story's kind of gotten muddled over the years. 
Um, and it's hard to tell the truth, like, to be honest. In researching this case, there was a lot of he said, she said, all sorts of things. I will say I am not a Lizzie Borden ex- expert, and I want to, like, put that out because there are people. Because you're that, out there. Well, yeah. yeah, and there's people that have dedicated their lives to knowing what the hell happened on August 4th, 1892 at the Lizzie Borden house, and I am not claiming, like, that at all. I just did my own research, so I just want to make that clear because there are people that have dedicated themselves to this case they've done a lot of work they've gone through all of the case files everything they know a hell of a lot more about this than me this is just what i found being interested yeah especially after staying at the borden house Mm -hmm. so i just want to put that disclaimer out there and put your theories you know in the comments um if you can absolutely yeah i want to hear all of them there's so much intrigue we'll get into the theories of everything later um but yeah and Yeah, so with that said, let's get into the sheer mystery of what happened in Fall River, Massachusetts. So a little bit of background on the Borden family. Andrew Borden is the father of Lizzie and Emma Borden, right? He was a very shrewd businessman at the time. We're going to get into, yes, we're going to get into that. And we're going to get into how shrewd he was later. At the time of his death, he was worth in today's money about $8.5 million. Shoot. That's great. Oh, yeah. Like, well, that's a huge house. So that makes sense. That is true. Like for Um, the time. Yes. Yes. Um, So he married Sarah Borden originally, and together the two of them had three girls. They had Emma, Alice, and Lizzie. Now, their middle child, Alice, you may not have even heard of her before because she died at about one years old. Um, Something to do with fluid in the brain at that point in time. And... um, that left just Lizzie and Emma, who were nine years apart, until Sarah Borden, Andrew's wife, died. And they said it had something to do with her uterus. Hmm. I'm not sure exactly what it said, like uterine congestion is what she died of. Natural causes, I yeah. guess, kind of sort of. But she did die young, young-ish. Um, and so that it just left Lizzie, Emma, and her father until Andrew married Abby Borden. And Abby Borden had been with the family for quite a long time. I mean, gosh, Emma and Lizzie's mom died when Lizzie was about five years old. So she's still super young. Right. You know what I mean? And then yeah, so Emma grew up with Abby. Yeah. And Emma's nine years older than her. So I always like to keep that in mind because later you find the contention with the girls and Abby. So it's just good That's to know. It's a big age gap between sisters. It is. But also the yeah. you think of like how Lizzie didn't have like... She was only five when her mom died, right? Yeah. So she didn't know her mom that well, per se. Sure. But she, like, clings to Sarah. And that makes me wonder what Emma was saying to her. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, as an older sibling, you're kind of being like. And on Sarah's deathbed, actually, she made Emma promise that she'd take care of baby Lizzie. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Um, now, Andrew Borden, he started his career as an undertaker. <laughs> I was like, what did he do? Yeah. You guys are like, come on. Um, he was okay. also in the furniture business, but he did make some coffins. Now, there was this horrible rumor for a oh long my. time, because he loved to cut corners, right? That he literally cut corners. Oh, no. I know. So there was this rumor that he would cut people's feet off to make them fit <laughs> in smaller. I'm I know. It's probably really horrible. It's horrible, but it's like, oh, my God. Like, it gives you, like, I'm smiling, Ew. but it's because I'm, like, disgusted, you know? But the, apparently that rumor is not true but i just oh thought that was God, like interesting to note <laughs> that people like actually no, please it's crazy well i think people I really think of like when you take off your shoes you like put them beside you while i give me feet you've got the giggles 
Because <laughs> that's just so awful. Like, no. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, anyways. Oh I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Side tangent. Seriously. Like, he takes the feet and just, like, toss them <laughs> in or what? I don't think he even put the feet in, though. I know. He just, just threw like, them just out. A pile of feet. <laughs> I thought you were gonna go like cutting corners off coffins, and that's why they're like this like funny shape or something now. Well, they used to be square until he cut the corners. You're like, no, he cut off feet. I'm so sorry. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay, that was good. I like your surprises, but oh god. Okay, so yeah, it was not true. <laughs> I just want to preface that as we like go off the side tangent like, it wasn't true. of him throwing feet into a pile. <laughs> but I do think it's interesting to note because that shows you what the community kind of thought of Andrew Borden. Oh, I know. They're like, don't take your family there. He's going to cut off their feet. <laughs> feet. Okay. He's that shrewd. Oh, God. Okay, so... He didn't cut corners that way, but he did cut corners. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just going to throw my notes out. <laughs> There's know, a I lot of cutting and chopping in this one. <laughs> so Andrew was a very controlling father, okay? Um, so he would do little things like he had limited use of oil in the household. So he would allow his daughters like an allowance of oil. So, and they had lamps. Yeah. Lamps at the time. Right. So, um, what's interesting about that is all of the street that they lived on at that point in time, everyone else had electric. Oh, they're like the kids without iPads. I know. And they were rich. Yeah. And they didn't have they're like normal in the stone age using their oil yeah. lamps. So, and then if they use the entirety of their oil, right? Um, they're out of, they're out of luck. Yeah. So True. yeah, you're going to be in the dark. Um, and you're looking at all of your other neighbors who they have lights on. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy to That's think about? nuts. Cause like I thought, well, 1892, you know, I thought I just said never thought about electricity or not, but, mm-hmm. um, Lizzie Borden and like I think like this old like dress and mm. old oil lamps. I'm like, oh shoot, they had electric. Like, what were they? What were they Honestly, doing? It wasn't that long ago when yeah, you think about it. Because like to put it in my own context of weirdness, when I was staying there, I thought, my God, this house looks a lot like my grandmother's house used to. Yeah. And when you think about it, it's only like a hundred and some odd year old case. So it really wasn't like that long ago but you think about the victorian era and yeah, compared you think, to east coast houses too like lots of houses are that old yeah so it was really wild to me being there and kind of just seeing it and just realizing it wasn't you know you just think about it so yeah. distantly yeah right exactly no um they also didn't have like indoor plumbing everyone else had like running water inside their home but not the board in so they had like a water closet in the basement where they would <gasps> Go to the oh, restaurant. God. I know. I know. Um, and that was kind of that was kind of it. Um, it was also reported that shortly before his murder, Andrew had gone into where Lizzie kept her pigeons and wrung their necks. Oh, so killing them. Her pets. Now here's the thing. We are unsure if those were her pets. Okay. Because a lot of people have skewed it. And even there's a movie that came out, I think it's just called Lizzie, um, where he goes in with a hatchet of all things. Like they changed it totally. Right. And chopped up the pigeons um, when it was really, he just went in and and wrung their necks like you would to kill like a chicken or whatever Mm -hmm. to, you know, um, eat. And so the question is, is whether it was livestock or whether they were pets. 
Now, Lizzie, when you she, can eat pigeons. Yeah. And Lizzie would eventually go on trial. We're, we're going to get into that. I feel like that's always my line. We'll get into that. But when she would go on trial, she didn't seem to show emotion about the pigeons when she was questioned about Andrew killing them. Oh, um, so maybe they weren't like pet pets. Yeah. So I feel like that's a lot of people use that as like a reason. And I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think that's one of the reasons. Um, but Lizzie did have ways to get back at her controlling father. So many shops later would accuse her of shoplifting. She was just well known for stealing. Well, she's like on rationed oil. She like has to use a water closet. Yeah. Like, I mean, I doubt she had an allowance. Like, not don't shoplift, but she had like a small allowance, but not for what she wanted to purchase. Not for all like her family's means. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I get it. And um, she would also go in and put stuff on her father's tap. I would, too, if my dad's rationing my oil. Yeah. (laughs) Go Lizzie. (laughs) So she would go in and buy stuff and just put it on her dad's tab. And just a year before the murder, there was a robbery at the Borden house. Oh. Now, weird thing is, is they only stole things from Andrew and Abby Borden's Inside job. Yeah. Yeah. So um, a lot of people believe that that was Lizzie that did that. Um, and according to our tour guide, Jack, he made it very clear when we were there. Also, Jack's amazing. This is just, I'm just plugging the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast, but Go Jack's there, been there. <laughs> it's been a great Hi, time. Jack. U.S. Ghost Adventures. Thank you. Um, but yeah, Jack, um, he's been there for like over a decade. You'll know him if you see him. He has an ax tattoo on his <laughs> neck and it says Lizzie across oh it. Oh yeah. He loves her. He's all in. He is all in. And he, I had <laughs> never, cats. yeah, I like I'd it. never heard the story of Lizzie Borden told the way he told it. He told it from such like a different light. Um, So I'm going to kind of tell his story, but go on Jack's tour. Super awesome guy. Um, But he told us that they were actually an English family in a town where the majority of people were Irish immigrants. Okay. And he told, he said to us, what do Americans usually not like? Immigrants. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, neither Lizzie nor Emma were allowed to date Irish men. Mm-hmm. problem is is it's all irish like men. everyone yeah so that's yeah everyone. in their neighborhood there was a better neighborhood it was called the hill um that they could have gone to and courted irish men or not irish excuse me english men but it was like a it was a means away at the point in time mm-hmm. from where they were um it just wasn't going to happen um so the problem this is a huge problem that the girls couldn't date anyone because they're like stuck at home with their oil lamps like not yeah and think about women in like what uh, the late 1800s early 1900s yeah they're getting courted young you've got to get married because if you don't get married your stuff is like it's going to go with your dad you know what i mean and then you're stuck you're destitute right so they were they were kind of screwed and at the time of the murders lizzie was 32 and emma would have been about 41 oh wow oh yeah yeah. so they're like way past their prime dating way past their prime jack even pointed out to us that like let's say andrew dies okay and abby gets his money and what have you and she doesn't bring the girls in on the money let's just say that okay um they can't even be prostitutes to make money because they're too old oh yeah well way too old So, like, they were kind of in a huge pickle, not only because of that, but they did not have a good relationship at all with their stepmother. Oh, yeah, they weren't getting anything. Oh, yeah, no. And the problem is, is um, life expectancy, you know, back in the day, I think for men was between um, 40 to 50 at that point in time. Andrew Borden at this point in time was 69 years old. Oh, he's like past... Yeah, way passes anybody's expectation. And you can think of this in like two ways, too. You can think of it as, okay, well, he's like 
never going to die. Or you can also think of it as he might die any soon. minute. Yeah. Yeah. And we're concerned, you know, we got to do something because of the contention with Abby. Now they held such contempt for Abby that they would call her Mrs. Borden to her face and the old sow to her back. If you're calling your stepmom Mrs. Borden, like, and you've been with her since you're like six. Yeah, that's a tense relationship. It was bad, too, because back in the day, that was seen as, like, such a sign of disrespect that they didn't call her mother. Like, yeah, that'd be such rude a now. Sign. You yeah. call mother, like, Mrs. Mrs. Borden. Yeah, so super. And, and to that point, when Lizzie was interviewed by the police, one of the investigators asked her about her mother, meaning Abby Borden. Yeah. And she responded like a bratty little teenager, oh. which is wild considering. That's not my mom. Exactly. And, and it's a wild considering that Abby had just been murdered. So you would think you would feel some like something, you know, like my stepmom was just murdered in this house. You're questioning in. But according to John Fleet, who was the assistant marshal of Fall Rivers testimony, um, she Lizzie responded with she was not my mother, sir. She was my stepmother. My mother died when I was a child. Yeah. Oh, Oof. oh, That's tense. Yeah. And she wouldn't even eat in the same room as Abby when Abby was alive. Oh, wow. She would take her food upstairs. So it was bad. It was bad. Good thing they had a big house for all that tense air. Yeah. Tense intensity going on in that house is horrible. Um, And so it's not looking like they're going to get anything. Cut that tension with an axe. Yeah. (laughs) It couldn't. No, but it's not looking like they're going to get anything out of this. And their options for a husband were very lackluster. So... Who knows, you know, what's going to happen to them. TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. So reportedly in July of 1892. So that's like right before the murders. Right. Um, There was a huge family fight. Huge family fight to the point that Lizzie and Emma just friggin left the house. Oh, where would they go at that point? Yeah, so they went on a vacation in New Bedford. Um, They arrived on July 21st. Um, And this is oddly where she would eventually go on trial for murder, Lizzie. Huh. Like, like, I've been here. Yeah. Oh, familiar. My right, last vacation as a free woman. <laughs> coming here. And they went shopping. They visited family, friends. They were doing all sorts of things out there. Now, Emma would return about a week before the murders. Lizzie returned just four days before. And she actually stayed at a boarding house for some of those days. She just didn't, didn't, didn't want to go, go home. home. That's a big fight. Yeah. Um, also, in the days leading up to the murder, um, the family got violently ill. Now, Abby had actually feared poisoning. Isn't that crazy? She had feared Andrew had been poisoned because no one liked Andrew in the city. Uh huh. So, like, that it speaks volumes about what an asshole Andrew Gordon was. Yeah, he's like got to look over his shoulder around, like, for everybody. For your husband to get, to him. get ill, and you're like, oh, poisoned. he may have been poisoned. Like, that's crazy. Reportedly, it was due to the mutton that had been left on the stovetop too long. So they said it was like food poisoning, right? However, it should be noted here that on August 3rd, the day before the murders, Lizzie had tried to buy something called Prusik acid. I might be mispronouncing that. I'm so sorry. Um, That's poison. Yeah. I mean, it's like a dry run. Yeah. So she tried to buy it. It's not enough. Mm -hmm. And the druggist asked her why she needed this poison. And she was like, oh, I'm trying to clean my seal skin cape. Hmm. Um, The druggist refused to sell it to her. So this makes me wonder, was this the dry run? Exactly like what you said. Like 
the, just a few days before the murder too, Emma Borden actually like left the home. Okay. She actually went on another visit um, to see family friends. So she was not there. It was an impromptu trip to Fairhaven, Massachusetts. She would later find out by telegram that her father and stepmother were dead. Or did she? Right. She was like, I'm just going to go on a little impromptu trip. Yeah. So I don't get poisoned. I'm not sure. Murdered. I'm not sure that telegram was like yeah. news to her. Yeah. But we'll she's like, oh, yeah. Um, hi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, I can't oh. believe it. They're dead. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible news. <laughs> Send the police. Um, she would end up taking the train back to Fall River after finding out that her parents were murdered. Just a day before the murder, um, Lizzie and Emma's uncle John would suddenly appear for an impromptu biz- visit. Why? Yeah, and the, here's the relation of John too. Let's talk about that. John was Sarah Borden's brother, yeah. so he's not related to Andrew Abby. He's just related the to the girls. Yeah, by blood. Yeah, yeah. So that's strange that you just you're like, hi, I'm here. Um, and Mm -hmm. this, both of these trips, Emma's and John's very weird for the time, because remember, this was the time of carriages. Yeah. These, you gotta like plan in advance. It's not like just like get on velocity, book your trip. Yeah. Yeah, It's going to take you a couple days to get where you want to go. Right. Right. Especially John, John traveled quite a ways. So it's like, no, you, you would have let people know. It's also rude even nowadays to just Just show up on someone's. Yeah, you just didn't show up on my doorstep. Yeah. Whatever. John said that he was coming for business with Andrew. Now, that's kind of strange as well. Well, it's just weird. But um, he came for business with Andrew, and they have failing businesses together. So that's what's interesting about that as well. It was failing livestock businesses they had together. So to me, that kind of seems a little bit motive Fishy. Yeah, to have failing businesses with him. Um, So it's like, why are you here? Anyways, motive, motive, <laughs> motive, motive. <laughs> got him. Um, so John stayed in the guest room, which is now known as the John Morse room. Um, and where you did go, you stay? So we stayed on the full second floor. Yeah. And as I, I, the, the John Morse room, he stayed there the night before the murders. The next day, Abby Borden would be found in that room. Mm-hmm. And we, I slept in that room um, when we went. So Girl. yeah, I know. his photo is up. Did you close your you. eyes? Did you actually sleep? We did sleep. Um, I will say I did get like a really good sleep there. How often do you get your picture taken when you're that like back in 1800s? Like, I don't know. Every couple of years. That's the, that's what Google has on him now. That's, that's, that's his it. lasting image. <laughs> I mean, Lizzie, if you imagine you if your at, school photo lasted forever. If you look at Lizzie, I feel yeah. like, the, yeah, okay, so everyone's going to see this. We'll put it up. But that's yeah. the photo that you've always seen of her, yes. like the one and only. Yeah. And there's a lot more photos. I'm going to try yeah. to um, put them in of Lizzie, especially as she gets older. Um, but we'll talk. We'll we'll get to that. I keep doing the we'll get to that. You know that. what? When that photo's from? Or like, why she had it taken? I don't. How old is she? Sorry, I don't. All the she questions. had a lot of photos done. But then again, you think about it. It's like she was more... Um, well off, you know, yeah, the like majority of people. That's what I was like, oh, is this your like sweet 16 or is this your like, how old is she? You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was the age there? Right. Yeah, I agree. That's what I think of her. But if she was like 30 something mm-hmm. at the time of the crime, then I always think though, you look at those old timey photos and they always look like so much older. Everyone looks old. So I'm yeah. like, are you 16 in like, photo? Yes, exactly. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's a teenager. Like, oh, okay. Like, oh, no, yeah. she's 40. So before we go any further with like the murder, 
I need to understand how the house was laid out back in 1892. So I'm going to try to put photos up of when we stayed and also photos that you can find online. Um, But the basically there's um, and I'm going to try to be as descriptive as possible for our listeners as well. Um, so follow me on this. Okay. So <laughs> imagine, yeah, imagine. So there's the basement, the first floor, that was where like the living room area was kitchen, all of that fun stuff. Right. And then the second floor, um, which is where the John Morse room was the guest room. Then you have Lizzie and Emma's bedroom. They're combined. Okay. okay. Then there's a doorway and that doorway leads into Andrew and Abby Borden's room. Something to keep in mind about this in 1892, that door could not be accessed. Oh, so Lizzie actually had it was not only locked, but Lizzie had her bed against that door. And um, on the other side of the door, Andrew and Abby had a bookshelf over it. So you literally you feel like not a door. Yeah, yeah, it was like another wall. Right. So then um, there's the attic. Now, to get to the attic, you actually had to take the back staircase. So there's two staircases in the Borden home. The first staircase is when you first enter, you can go upstairs to the second floor to Lizzie and Abby's room and to the guest room. Like through the front door. you Through the front door, you can go straight up. Um, You cannot access at that point in time. You can now. But at that point in time, you could not access Andrew and Abby's room. The only way to do that would have been taking the back staircase back staircase also would lead you down to the basement as well um, near that area and then you could go up to the second floor and then you could go up to the attic the attic was also where their irish maid was staying okay so that's kind of common yeah right so their irish maid her name was bridget sullivan but here's the funny thing the bordens well-off englishmen who had little to no respect for oh god did they rename her they had had a maid <laughs> before her named Maggie, and they never referred to her as Bridget. What? They were just like, you're the new Maggie. Maggie. Mm-hmm. Poor lady. I know. Oh my How God. disrespectful. That's so disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder they had to be worried about getting poisoned. I like, know. You're kind of like terrible Kind of jerks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there okay. is a movie where um, Lizzie is the, well, there's a lot of rumors about Lizzie's sexuality, which yep. at that point in time, there's no physical evidence to that. And there wouldn't be because you couldn't talk about that at that point right. in time, so unfortunately. So there is a, a very steamy movie with Kristen Stewart and Chloe. I can't pronounce her last name. Oh, There's a yes, lot of rewindable seven, scenes. Yeah. We know who you are. Yeah. Um, but in that movie, she is the only one in the family that refers to um, Maggie as Bridget. That wasn't true. The whole family called Maggie Maggie, like Bridget, Bridget Maggie. Maggie. Yeah. yeah. So she, um, as all the Borden stories go, don't come for me, but I'm going to be referring to her as Maggie because the family referred to her as Maggie and that's going to play know, into Maggie too. Okay. It's Bridget. Bridget. AKA yeah. Maggie too. Yeah. Okay. And she's not one of the victims. So I feel like, you know, it's not, you know, disrespectful. Clarified. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm you, on the mental tour. Yeah. Gotcha. The mental tour. Yeah. So that's basically kind of how the house was laid out. Any questions? Did I... No, you got good. It. I get it. Okay, cool. If you've been in an old house, that's really common to have like a front, like formally staircase, and mm-hmm. then in the back where you're like, okay, we gotta get, gotta get places. Get, yeah, so. I find it interesting. You could only access um, Andrew the, and yeah, the room, the bedroom from the back staircase. From the back when he's like the man of the house. But I also feel like so he didn't when he grew up. He didn't have like the electric the sewage obviously and everything. And he just felt like the girls could like get along with that. And I feel like he was one of those guys. He didn't put on like, he thought he was better than everyone, but not like sure. airs like that. Sure. You know what I mean? 
He's like, um, this works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting, though. The night before the murders, Lizzie actually visited um, one of her family friends, Alice Russell. Now, Alice Russell would testify that Lizzie had said that night that she felt like she had to sleep with one eye open because she feared someone might burn the house down because her father was discourteous to people. Um, you probably have to fear everyone if you're known for chopping off feet and like, <laughs> um, you're going to get poisoned. Yeah, and you're the only ones on the street using oil lamps like fire hazard. Yeah, yeah. you'd have to look over your shoulder because you're jerks. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. So with that in mind, let's go into the morning of August 4th, 1892. Well, tension's rising. Like everyone's taking these side trips, <laughs> trying not to get murdered. <laughs> so 7 a.m. the family had breakfast. John and Andrew go into the sitting room and visit. John departs the house at 8.50. He's off to run business errands. Um, 10 minutes later, Andrew Borden leaves the house. Between 9 to 10.30 in that morning, Abby Borden went upstairs to the second floor to the John Morse room to make the guest bed. During that time, which is a long time, because that's like an hour and a half, right? So yeah. don't know exactly when this happened. But during that time, she was attacked, supposedly by the infamous hatchet. Um, it was believed at the time, now keep in mind, and we're going to really get into this, but forensic evidence, very much new. But it was believed that at the time of her attack, she was facing her killer, which makes me think she knew her killer. Oh, yeah. But she was facing her killer, and when she was first struck, um, I believe to the left or right side of her face, and then that made her turn, like, because it was off to the side. Mm -hmm. And she did, like, a 180 turn, so halfway around, right, fell to her knees, and then she she withstood um, about 19, well, 18 more blows, 19 in total, I believe, mm-hmm. and fell to the floor. So she's kind of on her knees and then fallen forward, right? And that's a lot. A lot. Even on your knee. Like, that's a lot. I think the blows speak volumes, too, because I think you must know your killer if they give you 19 oh, blows Oh, of course. To the head. We've always talked about how, like, if it's super hands-on, it's super vicious, it's like your killer is probably known to you. Passion, and it's, yep, a crime of passion. Yeah, but mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, oh, and I didn't know until this trip. So the crime scene photos, those infamous crime scene photos, which are some of, I believe they are believed to be some of the first crime scene photos ever taken. Wow. They were reposed. What? They were like, these are the photos as they like shuffle stuff around? So, no. So, like those photos. So, when the police arrived, I guess they moved Andrew and Abby's bodies. Yeah. Um, so they end up having to move them back for these photos. So that's where, that's <gasps> oh not initially how they were found. Why would you be, I mean, like now we'd be like, well, don't bother taking photos. Yeah. Like, you already fucked it yeah, up, man. Shuffle stuff around. Yeah. That oh was, my gosh. That that's was crazy. But anyway, that's interesting. Fun, true crime fun fact, fact of like, yeah. Can you imagine like reposing They're like, next body? time don't move the bodies. Yeah. Just leave it there. Take the pictures. Yeah. Um, wow. But back to that morning, during that time, according to Lizzie and Maggie, Lizzie was supposedly in the dining room ironing handkerchiefs and totally unaware of what had happened upstairs, supposedly, because she would later tell police that Abby had told her she'd gone out to visit a friend that was sick that morning, and she'd gotten this message by telegram. Now, that telegram was never found. Yeah. So that's interesting. And if there's somebody that's getting murdered by an axe, mm-hmm. 
and you don't hear anything, that house is not that big. Like yeah. it's big enough for the time, but it you would hear. Mm-hmm. It's not like she had her AirPods in. Yeah, siren and handkerchiefs. Mm-hmm. Shoot, it's very interesting that neither Lizzie. She was nor probably like, Maggie. I'm Bridget. Yeah, because remember, <laughs> Emma's not there. So it's just Lizzie and Maggie that would have been home during that time. And it's very interesting that neither of them heard anything. Also, a big help, thump, yeah. too. Oh, right. I mean, Because yeah, you're she, coming down. Yeah. Um, also, at that time, though, I feel like somebody that's like a hired help, like, made person around your house, they're not going to get involved either, to be honest. What do you mean, get involved? I mean, like, why would you? You'd be like, I didn't hear anything. Mm, well yeah that's true especially if the family's like having if it's fights all the time yeah you're yeah, like i'd be like i don't no, i don't even want to know what's going trying on trying to do my handkerchiefs here yeah <laughs> well the, well that's what lizzie was supposedly doing. oh lizzie yeah so i'll get to what gotcha. maggie was doing during that time um maggie was actually while lizzie was ironing maggie was actually outside washing windows and being sick now remember being sick the family's ill poisoned but was it or did she witness murder yeah she's like just saw someone get get hacked like to hacked down that's yeah. what i think personally <gasps> of course you're outside vomiting. washing the windows <laughs> oh yeah that's horrible yeah so and i'll get into why i think maggie was personally in on it but we'll, we'll do that later um but i wonder if it was the food poisoning or if she she just seen the murder anyways andrew borden unexpectedly came home around 10 30 11 o'clock very early for him yeah, he's okay. a businessman. Yeah, he wasn't errands. feeling well. So that everyone's <laughs> surprised. Yeah, that darn mutton. That mutton. <laughs> um, everyone's surprised he's home, and his key wouldn't um, work in the front door. Very interesting. I mean, maybe they'd had key problems, but it's also interesting kind of that they would lock the door during when there's that time. A, if you're committing a crime, to be, I mean, like, we've seen that in other crimes, too. Like, you're like... I'm going to commit a crime. I'm going to lock you out for a second. Yeah, that's that's weird. Yeah, Yeah. of course. So he's banging on the door. It took them a long time to hear it, which is just so interesting because it's like... busy. A little busy (laughs) Cleaning on the murder. (laughs) Don't worry about it. (laughs) Um, But um, Maggie finally hears him, supposedly, and lets him in the house. Um, So he goes in to lay down in the sitting room, and supposedly Lizzie went in to visit with him just for about five minutes. She helped him take off his boots reportedly and got him situated, apparently telling Abby or telling him that Abby had gone out, you know, to visit mm-hmm. those friends. Supposedly sure, sure. this is according to her testimony. What's interesting is in the crime scene photos, if you look at Andrew Borden's body, he's still wearing his boots. Oh, okay. Well, so yeah, a little inconsistent story. Boots. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, so she says she then stepped out to go get lead for a sinker for fishing. She's just running all kinds of errands then. Like, that's super random. She's like, I need to wash my seal cape. I need to, like, get some sinkers. <laughs> so she goes out to the barn for that. I don't know when she was going to go fishing. but And she was also ironing handkerchiefs. So why why do we need the lead for the sinker? But it doesn't matter. She She's heading out that way. But she sees the family pear tree. So, of course, for 15 to 20 minutes, she sits out by the pear tree, has a few pears. <laughs> It relaxes. You yeah, know? just kicking back. Then she goes to the barn where she spends another 15 to 20 minutes, you know, just chilling, trying to find that lead for the sinker. I'm, I don't know if she ever did find it, but apparently 
She didn't um, make it to fishing. Right. Oh, man. So Maggie said that during that time, she went up to her room for a quick rest because she's ill. Now, she would have taken the back steps because if she had taken the front steps, she would have seen Abby Borden's body. Mm-hmm. The way the house is laid out, and I'll try to show a photo that we took when we were there or a video at this time that we took when we were there. But if you go up the stairs, you can see from the floor into the guest bedroom. Oh, so it's like a, you, yeah. And she was killed. She was killed on the other side of the guest bed. But, but if you went upstairs, you'd still see. You would see yeah. her. Um, so Maggie, of course, went up the back way to go into the attic to have her rest. Now, what's interesting about having a rest in the attic on the August 4th of 1892. Hot. Very hot. <laughs> it was over 100 degrees Fahrenheit that day and heat rises. So Yeah, it'd be like 120 mm. in the attic. You're just going like sauna. Reportedly, according to the girls, when Andrew Borden had come home, he initially had thought about going upstairs to take his nap, you know, in his own bed. Yeah, it's too hot and on the second it was floor. Too hot. So I mean, I guess if you're second. Bridget, you can, Maggie, you can't like go just nap anywhere in the house. That's true too. You I probably suppose. gotta go upstairs, but yeah. So she hot. she didn't hear anything until Lizzie came back from the barn, and according to testimony, she finds her bo- her father in the living room with eleven blows to his head. She screams out, "Maggie, come quick! Father's dead. Somebody came in and killed him." Oddly fucking specific. Yeah, Lizzie. they're like. Oh, I just found him here. And there's like all these troubles with the lock in the <laughs> on the front door. Like they, they made it in past that lock. Well, it's wild. I was just out at the barn like, looking for the sinker. She's like, father's dead. Somebody came in and killed him. How did you get like, why? If your relative is dead, obviously I'm not in the olden times. So maybe she was like, Maggie, come quick. Somebody's <laughs> dead. Somebody's coming kill kill him. But like, so wouldn't your initial reaction be just screaming? Like, oh or, shit. <laughs> yeah, Maggie, or like, like just something. Not yeah. that full like expl- explanation of what happened. It was an axe. I wasn't here. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do it. I was at the barn looking for the sinker. <laughs> I'm going fishing. <laughs> A Victorian woman fishing <laughs> after my handkerchiefs are done like oh my gosh yeah no too long it's too many details (laughs) it's too much for me and um she would later tell police that at first she wasn't initially sure her father was dead or not why he had 11 blows with an axe and if you see his face from autopsy there is no face no like the photo they showed us when we were there i was like holy fuck like he was anyways so she sends Maggie out for the doctor. But, of course, it, it can't the just... The doctor? The doctor. I guess, like, he's the undertaker. So who else are you going to send for at this point? Like, <laughs> she, So she sends Maggie out. I know. Don't worry, internet. Okay. What? Sorry? I was like, he's the undertaker. I was like, he's not the undertaker. I know. I know. Okay, Got fine. him. It's fine. Um, she sends the out for the doctor. But it, it can't be any of these immigrant doctors. It's got to be an or an English doctor. Send a carriage. Yeah, so Maggie's running out for Dr. Bowen, who is the English doctor. Now, what's funny is there is an Irish doctor right next door to them, and there is a French-Canadian doctor who's about diagonally across the street from them. But they can't, they don't want to be dealt with. Now, to be fair, Dr. Bowen was their family doctor. However... You're in an ER when somebody's in critical condition, <laughs> just grab a doctor and like anyone, es- especially since Doctor Bowen wasn't fucking home. They're not like paging Doctor Bowen. Yeah, Doctor Bowen. Well, Doctor Bowen wasn't home. Maggie goes out to his home. He's not fucking there. She ends up having to track down his wife and oh. tell his wife that someone's been murdered and that they need to send someone. Oh. Couldn't you have talked to the Irish doctor who You're was home? Like, oh, he's just across the street. He's like. 
like looking at he's like what is, what's going on over at the board he's probably closes blinds he's probably like no thank you i'm glad <laughs> now some interesting facts about dr bowen as i said he has a wife so number one he's married number two he'd recently been walking lizzie to church oh back in the salacious. day that's big. that's big you're like well you're promenading or whatever. you're yeah. just like yeah he's courting lizzie exactly. okay so cheating on his wife basically mm-hmm. um number three he would end up having having to dope lizzie up on morphine after the murders because she she was what the olden folks like to call hysteria he she had hysteria she had hysteria women's problems right yeah so this hysteria give her some morphine <laughs> Give her some morphine. <laughs> this is such a hard drug. Oh, God. So, he just like comatose. <laughs> well, he would later testify in court that the reason why she kept giving conflicting testimonies was she because was she was drugged. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it's very interesting. Um, and Lizzie had... That'll to- do. Like, I mean, yep. That kind of messes with your testimony. Right. So it took a while, of course, for her to track down Dr. Bowen. And during that time, no one's looking for Abby. No one gives a fuck about Abby. But it's because Lizzie then would claim, like, she told me she was out. So I didn't realize she was, like, upstairs that whole time, right? So Dr. Bowen finally arrives to the Borden house, and he sends Maggie upstairs to grab a sheet. And I was like, why the fuck does he need a sheet? Then my mother last night, when I was talking to her about this on the phone, she was like, well, maybe to, like, Respect. Cover the bodies. Yeah. So maybe maybe that was why. But as Maggie goes upstairs, she comes up the front stairs and lo and behold, what does she see? Yeah. The body of Abby. Abby's up there. So she screams for Dr. Bowen to come upstairs. Now, here's the funny thing. Dr. Bowen's like, oh, she must have fainted from from fright. Then when he realizes that she's dead. Yep. He's like, oh, my God. He he thinks she died of fright because she saw <gasps> died of Andrew's fright. Boy. She here's his theory, his his second initial theory. He's like she's she, face down. She, yeah, so she saw and she's chopped up in too. the back. Like yeah. she's face down with like axe, axe wounds to the head. Died yeah, of fright. Bloody. Yeah. So and he's like he's he's a fucking doctor, but he's like my theory. My second theory is she saw Andrew's body, then pieced it upstairs. And then, and then passed out by there. the bed, like the other side of the Too bed. Much. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Oh. And um, yeah, she was struck 19 times with a hatchet. So that like it just and there was blood everywhere. So like, I don't whatever. So at this point, police are finally called. Um, but they weren't they were Irish police. Oh, no, don't call for them. They don't know anything. They're moving bodies. No, oh my God. and they had the absolute audacity to question Lizzie in her bedroom of all places in her bedroom, in her bedroom. I know. I the audacity. So soon the town and the media, it just went nuts. At one point after the murders, there were about two thousand people outside the Borden home. I've been on the Borden Street. I cannot imagine two thousand people on it would that be fucking mayhem. street. Oh, absolute mayhem. Um, and people believed initially that it must have been an assassin that had come in and killed the Bordens in broad daylight. And like, how horrible! Like, how did how could this even happen? They're like, everyone hates these people, so it was an assassin. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like, uh, it, what's weird is like the neighbors had very watchful eyes in the area. There was actually one woman who would sit out on her porch all day watching her neighbor. So we'll get we'll get back to her. Um, none of them had seen anyone come or go from the Borden house. But it's also interesting that there's this crazed psychopath on the loose that just came in and did this heinous crime uh, in broad daylight of all times and. Both Lizzie and Emma and John all felt, and Maggie, all felt comfortable staying in the home after. Oh, they're like, they're just grab them and 
We're good here. John even slept in the room where Abby was murdered after she was murdered. Just in the crime scene? Yeah. Oh my. Well, because they didn't clear it or anything. Because right. we're still back in the day, right? Yeah. yeah. This is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. they're just like, oh, no, I'm good here. Like, And not only that. He has a wife at home, too, by the way. Who? Oh, no, John. John. Sorry. John. John. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Dr. Bro. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, John, yeah. Yeah, okay. No. John the... Yeah. <laughs> um, and then what's crazy is their bodies are still downstairs. Because remember, we're in the olden days. So remember, you used to have wakes and... Yeah. and um, Visitation and, and, and all that. Yeah, all of that was carried on in, in the, the family home yeah. and the funeral. Um, not only that... Plus, the, there is an undertaking. Plus, your coffins are downstairs. Like, <laughs> So, Abby and Andrew were both autopsied as well in the family home. I think that's creepy then it's and so now. <laughs> it's so crazy to me. But you felt comfortable sleeping in that home, especially knowing that the psychopath You felt comfortable just- sleeping in that home, girl. <laughs> you were there. Look, the psychopath <laughs> is dead. <laughs> but I think that's crazy that you would be like totally chilled to like just go back to your family home and go to sleep when uh, and you're rich so it's not yeah, like you she, don't have she's means. like taking day vacation she can go you can somewhere go do whatever else. you want like what the heck during the autopsy that was held abby i believe was one of them was held in the kitchen and one of them was held in the living in room. the kitchen oh yeah Top shop oh yeah this is so creepy so um during that time they would actually find out that abby had been the first to be murdered and then about an hour and a half later Andrew was killed. This order is so important. Well, she didn't die of fright. No, because if Abby um, had died last, the board and money would have gone to Abby's family. But because oh. Abby died first, yeah. the girls got the money. Yeah. So, and then that's interesting too, because of the unexpected arrival of Andrew. Some believe they were all like, oh shit, like we've, like they have to kill him. Cause obviously his wife is upstairs. If, if you believe that the girls did this. Um, but then you also have the fact of like, maybe they didn't want to kill their father. Maybe it was just Abby, but then he came home early. Oh yeah. It's inter- the theories are interesting in this. There's a lot of theories. Oh, I'm interested a lot to hear of theories. all the theories, but yeah. So, <laughs> um, you're killed with a hatchet. Obviously, yeah. there's going to be Super like a brutal. huge mess, right? Yeah. So the police did examine both Maggie and Lizzie for blood. Now, they did find blood at the bottom of Lizzie's dress near the hem. Now, she she found bodies though. She did. Yes. But she explained this in a different way. She said she it was her time of the month. Oh, okay. That has a stretch. <laughs> Down All at the women, bottom yeah, of you. You're just like your dress. So she, all of a sudden, the men were like, oh, I love that that's us. a good excuse. You're just like, it's my time. <laughs> Gets off with murder. <laughs> there have been women that use the PMS defense. Have you heard of okay, that? Okay, yeah, but that's like because you're like hyster- hysteria. Hysteria. But like not because you got like blood on your dress. On the bottom of your dress. On the hem. <laughs> um, but there is a, a really cool theory about this that I kind of believe. Okay. Um, so Andrew's dress code, if you look, you can't even see, tell what you're looking at. You to can't. be honest. That's horrific. It is horrible. Um, so this is Andrew here and he's laying across the couch. His feet are off the couch. He does have his boots, boots on, on, like we mentioned earlier. Um, but he has this like dress coat tucked under his head here. Right. Um, so it's like bunched up underneath. A well-dressed Englishman, he wouldn't have done this. That's like, like a nice coat. Yeah, you're yeah. not. I don't know anyone that's like going to wob up their 
Like it's just like a suit coat, it's like a, a dress coat. coat. Yeah. yeah. Like wobbed up under his head. Yeah, yeah. So it's believed that that may have been placed there after the murder and perhaps Lizzie wore it when killing them. Oh, so to cover that, everything but the hem. And it's a long, exactly. It's a long coat. So it would have covered everything but the hem. And then to hide the blood on it, bunched it up and put it underneath his head. After that's like a weird sleeping on it. Yeah. So it's interesting. Plausible. Pla- very plausible. Um, What's interesting, too, about the dress, I'm going to say interesting so much just because this is such It's very interesting. It's an interesting case. <laughs> Take a drink. No, don't. You'll die. Um, <laughs> so, um, but just a few days later, um, after the murder, and actually the morning after Lizzie learned that she was a suspect in the murders, a family friend had been staying with the Bordens during this traumatic time, which it's also shocking that she felt comfortable in that house. But anyway, they're like, come over. Our family's been murdered. She's like, sure thing. I'll be right there. Yeah. Be right there. And it was Alice who we talked about earlier. Who She's feeling like, sick. I'm feeling sick, but let me come comfort you. Yeah. And also in that time, I feel like everything would have been almost like the pandemic. You remember with like sickness and everything, you still would be kind of terrified to get ill. Cause well, even Jack told us, did you know, like the number one cause of death back then was literally diarrhea because you would be dehydrated. Oh, you could die of dehydration back then. Gotcha. Interesting. Anyways. So, um, Alice is staying with them and she witnesses Lizzie take that same dress and yeet it into the kitchen stove that morning. Wait, she what? She threw it into the kitchen stove and it burned up. Oh no, the evidence. The ev- oh no. Oh no. The evidence. Oh no. It was our that time table. of month. We got to burn broken. this dress. <laughs> um, oh my. So, yeah, and this ended the friendship with Alice cuz Alice was like, "What the fuck did you just do? You just threw like evidence into the fire." And be like, "I don't want to be part of your <laughs> the part of this anymore." Yep. Yeah, no. Alice left immediately and went and told the marshal. That's why um, she was a suspect then? Mm, Alice no, Thomas? she was going to be a suspect before. It was the night before Lizzie found out she was going to be a suspect. And then that morning she threw the dress into the fire. Okay, got it. So and now Alice, like, plus she's throwing away evidence, she guys. She was like, like, see you later. And she went and, um, and Lizzie found this out because the mayor of the town was like super loose lipped. And he'd like let it slip to the, to Lizzie. He was like, oh yeah, you're probably going to call in the court. Just to let you know. Because oh. they're getting real suspicious of you. They don't think it Alice was. Alice thinks it's you. Yeah. And after hearing you. from all the neighbors that there was no strange That lady person, across the street didn't see anything mm. and oh, like man. abby and or not abby excuse me um lizzie and um, maggie had said like that the person must have come in like and used the back staircase but then that doesn't make sense because abby was found in the front staircase only yeah and the, well, the, the door is locked so that nobody could have gotten in to kill abby oh from the other from the back from the, staircase. Yeah, 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 yeah from the front and you couldn't so get you just got like a murderer walking around that knows your house well is like goes upstairs murders yep and then goes around the back it's the back staircase no none of it makes sense to me like of someone outside of the borden family doing this you know right yeah like no one just came in quick and like murdered them. exactly no so I feel like we've been talking so long. Oh my today. gosh. It's and then so we got cool the though. giggles and everything too. <laughs> There's so much here though. There's so much. Like honestly, like we haven't even like scratched the surface and we will, I, I think we're going to have to like break it into two because like it's just a lot um, to go by and I've still got to talk about what the trials There's like a million theories concerning Lizzie and who killed Abby and Andrew and then I also stayed at the Borden house. Oh my gosh. I know. There's I so much to that. cover. I have so yeah. many questions for you. <laughs> so I feel like we're going to have to like split it up. So make sure next week you come back and watch us. This is just 
part one of two of Lizzie. Cheers for now. Um, yeah. And Lizzie deserves that. She deserves yes. two episodes because she's, you know, prolific. Yes. So yeah. Cheers to that. And we will see you guys. See you next week. Yeah. Next week. Oh my. Bye. Ahura Media Production. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.